everyone, Paula here. I'm jumping onto the front of the podcast this month to give a trigger warning for this episode. Our book for the month is My Dark Vanessa, and it does contain themes of abuse and particularly sexual abuse of a minor. And Jane and I do discuss these themes in detail. So if that is something that is triggering for you, you'll want to skip to about the 34, 35 minute mark. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to Literary Anything, our Marian Libraries podcast, where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. Welcome to April. What a difference a month makes. Oh my gosh. Can you even? Who could have thought? I know. When we we were sitting here last month, what our world would look like today. I know. So everybody is probably at home or... I don't know. Mostly at home? Mostly at home, I guess. We're at work still, but the library is closed to the public. We're, of course, open online. Um, But, yes, strange times. It's very strange. It seems very strange in the library right now without you here to interact with. We miss you all. We do. We miss you. (laughs) It's very strange. everybody we miss. (laughs) Jane, who are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But um, obviously, Jane and I are very passionate about library service. And I think at this time, even though our doors are shut, Mm -hmm. it's as important and maybe even more important that we talk about all the services that we still offer um, the public. Absolutely. Like, Like I said before, we close, our doors are closed, but online we offer a myriad of different um, services and products, I guess, Yes, um, that you can access from home. And I know some of our listeners are not even in South Australia or Australia, but I would say that most public libraries around the world have digital offerings. So, um, you know, even if you're not in Australia, I'm sure your libraries are like us right now, trying to promote all of the online services. So I would say go onto their Facebook pages, go onto their websites and check check them out. Mm. Lots of what we do offer is um, our international products. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if most of these things you can still get. Yes. In other parts of the world. Europe or the States or wherever. Yeah. So yes, there are lots of things that you can still do. Um, One of the things we wanted to talk to you about is brand new for us Mm -hmm. in Marion, in Marion Libraries. And we're really excited about it because it's a fantastic um, product that um, we haven't had anything like this before, really. Um, And it's called Canopy. Now, some of you are probably familiar with it because other libraries um, are already offering it. So Canopy is an online streaming platform designed specifically for libraries. So think of it like a Netflix-style interface um, that provides Marion borrowers with free access to 30,000 movies, documentaries, foreign films, classic cinema, independent films, and educational videos. So yeah, what do you think, Jane? I am really excited about this, and Canopy is something that we've had lots of people asking for, Um, so we're really excited to be able to give that to people. And it's a wonderful 
easy to use um, site. It's fantastic. Yeah, I've had a look at um, you know some of the the movies and short films and um, docos that are on there, and um, I'm excited to start watching. Um, we did push this through um, in light mm-hmm. of the situation. It was coming, and we um, our um, IT team worked hard to push it through more quickly. Yeah. So there are a couple of little glitches that um, we're ironing out. So if you do try getting on and you don't have success right away, we're working on it. Um, yeah. Please check back. But yeah. um, it was very expedited to get it. Yes into people's homes. Yes. Um, the other thing that we offer um, is Press Reader, um, which is one of our most popular databases, which is uh, free access to digital magazines and newspapers. They're in hundreds and hundreds of different magazines, newspapers, different languages. Um, and it's not, uh, how do I say this? It's like good magazines. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's not there's, just the lame there's stuff. There's like Vogue and... Yeah, Vogue, Marie Claire, Vanity Fair, um, Better Homes and Gardens. There's lots of um, Nature Ones, GQ, um, Cosmopolitan, but they're not Australian Cosmo because we don't have Australian Cosmo anymore, I don't think, um, but all from all around the world. So if you speak a different language or come from like Paula might be able to look up her favourite Canadian newspaper, <laughs> um, that's all on there. I'm going to pretend I have such a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> the National Post, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's um, a fantastic – and you might know that as Zinio um, and it changed its name to Press Reader mm, a year ago. Or even RB Digital. It went RB Zinio, Digital, RB Digital. Right, it if too. it's confusing for you, we understand. Yeah. But it's Press Reader now that you want to be using for yeah. your newspapers and magazines. And that's fantastic, especially if you've got a tablet. Um, it's a nice way to flick through a magazine. Yes. And you literally flick still. You yep. flick it and that it turns the page. It's very <laughs> cool. Um, and, of course, Libby. Um, Libby is the library app that allows you to have access to um, e-books, any audiobooks. Yeah. Um, so that's there for you. And you've probably heard us talk about Libby before because we often, Paula especially, will listen to the version of the book we've read that month. Um, and we are big Libby fans. Yes. Um, Linda, Linda Library um, gives you access to online courses. So, you know, lots of people have free time on their hands right now. Maybe you want to learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. Go have a look there. You will be surprised at the wide range of um, skills you can acquire. Yeah, it's um, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's digital photography or landscape photography or how to present to a team of people or all sorts of things. Yep. Um, Public speaking, Excel. How to draw a manga. Yeah. Like it's really all sorts broad. Of stuff. Yeah. Yep. And the, and Linda Linda's library, if you are not going through the library version, you have to pay. It's expensive. It but is, through really. your library card, you have access to all of those for free. Yeah. And then Ancestry did something wonderful as well, which is normally you only have access to Ancestry, which is the... Um, the tool that allows you to research your family history, normally you only have access to that um, service free in the library. But because of the situation, they have made that service available to you at home now. So that's something a little bit new yeah. and different. Um, yeah, people love Ancestry. It's a wonderful um, resource. Um, if you So to 
get access to all of these, all you need is your library card number. And fear not if you don't have a library card number because you can um, register for a digital membership on our catalogue. So if you hop onto our catalogue in the top left corner, I'm thinking, I'm visualising, um, you can click on um, digital membership and register register yourself and you will have access to all of our digital content that's right and then when we're back open you Mm -hmm. can come in and visit us and then we will um, give you a regular library card and you can access our regular services when that happens yeah so lots to do and of course we assume everyone's listening to their favorite podcast yes which is this one (laughs) (laughs) of course presumably but (laughs) yeah We've got the podcast. Follow us on Facebook because we're going to be putting up lots of ideas for what can keep you busy at this time. Yeah. We've got heaps of ideas. Our team um, are really creative. And we're, in a way, we're energized by this situation um, for trying to figure out how to do things differently, how to deliver our service to you in a different way. The programs team have got some fantastic things up their sleeve. So in the coming weeks, you'll see you know, digital author events or online author events and children's programming and activities and links to all sorts of weird and wonderful things. So, yeah, do follow us on Facebook and Instagram because you'll see lots of it there. We know that lots of you are at home with your kids, homeschooling, trying to wrap your head around that. Um, So we know the teachers are working hard as well, of course. We're We're all scrambling to try and... Um, grapple with the situation but um, we will be we know that you are looking for ideas to how to keep your kids busy with um, some good content so that's what we're going to be giving you yes Um, shall we get into our book let's do it okay so we read my dark vanessa by kate elizabeth russell yep so i'll read the blurb from the back Mm -hmm. vanessa y was 15 years old when she first had sex with her english teacher She is now 32, and the teacher, Jacob Strain, has just been accused of sexual abuse by another former student of his. Vanessa is horrified by this news, because she is quite certain that the relationship that she had with Strain wasn't abuse. It was love. She's sure of that. But now, in 2017, in the waves of the Me Too movement, she is being asked to redefine the great love story of her life, her great sexual awakening as rape. On. So we might mention here and now, which we'll, we'll also edit into the beginning of the podcast, but in case you missed it, um, we are putting a trigger warning on this podcast because as Paula just read out, this book does deal with um, sexual abuse. So if that's a trigger point for you, you might want to tune out and tune in next month or skip the next 20 minutes or so yeah. and join us um, when we talk about the rest of our stuff. So um, now that we've mentioned that... Um, let's get into it. So this book um, has received some backlash a little bit and we won't go into it too much um, because it's um, not as, I guess the, the criticism's not dissimilar to some of the criticism that American Dirt got last month, which we talked a lot about. Um, this time it came via um, a writer or kicked off, I guess, by a writer, Wendy Ortiz, who tweeted that My Dark Vanessa shared many similarities to her book, um, Excavation. And I think she published that in 2014. That sounds about right. A couple of years, obviously a few years before this one. Um, So that she sort of is claiming that there's a lot of similarities and it's 
didn't quite say it's ripped it off or anything, but I think more her. Well, I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but the the similarity to American Dirt was that she's questioning the industry again, mm. and why is it that um, a, a white woman can get a seven figure deal or whatever yeah. it was? Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, um, when you know she wrote something similar, and I've, I read her. I read an article that she wrote for. Oh, I can't remember what it was. An online magazine. We'll we'll put the link up in um, the Facebook page. But she wrote an opinion piece on it, um, saying that it's similar and disappointing that her book, which covers similar themes, got no attention whatsoever. And she really shopped it around and got lots of great feedback for it um, from the publishing industry, from the big publishing houses. and just got no love and no one was interested in publishing it until a really small boutique publishing house put it out there for her. Um, so she comments on the gatekeeping that seems to exist in the publishing industry, which is, yeah, like Paula said, the the common theme with the criticisms of American Dirt. Yeah, I think it's really unfortunate for Kate Elizabeth Russell that mm. that American Dirt situation happened oh, I know. just the month before her book because yeah. then Oprah dropped her book her book was slated to be next after american dirt i mean what are the chances i know and then to have such a similar situation arise and well yeah i i think it's unfair that she went ahead with american dirt and not with this book i tend to agree because i think there was more there's more the criticism towards American Dirt is more solid than the criticism towards this. I agree with the gatekeeping comments in the publishing industry, but I think that almost this book's almost the scapegoat a little bit. Yeah, that. I totally agree. I, I guess we should talk about what um, the the, the yeah. narrative of this book, um, yeah. so that you know what we're yeah. what we're talking and about. I, I will mention as well that both books have been since reviewed and completely cleared of any plagiarism at all. So it's worth mentioning that yes when and we're commenting on it yeah and kate elizabeth russell has been working on this book for like 20 years yes. she's had these characters in her head in one form or another yes um so it's and it was the result of a lot of research as well and she had in fact read wendy ortiz's yeah. book yeah um and it all of but as well as a whole heap of other books yeah. on these sorts of topics and all of it informed Yes, uh, and I think wrote. she reluctantly in the end came out and said that while this is a work of fiction, some elements are based on her own experiences and truths. Which, I know. You know, I feel nobody should be forced to publicise anything about their history without them wanting to. And I, I do feel – I feel for her that she's was kind of cornered to justify writing this piece of fiction – um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Being painted into that corner of mm. having to say, no, this is my story as well. I'm not, yeah. it, like in the case of um, with American Dirt, I'm not telling a story that's not my story to tell. That's right. I do have some of this history, which would have been, she said it could be re-traumatizing. I think it would have been of re-traumatizing. Of course. Um, so yeah, I hugely sympathized with that the terrible position yeah. she would have had to um, the choice she would have to make mm. to come out with that. Yeah. Um, shall I read 
we both got we were both very lucky and we both got proof copies of this and mine came with a little um author's note sometimes proof copies come with a little spiel from the author saying why I wrote this and this is what it means to me and what have you um and I'll just read this one paragraph this is from Kate Elizabeth Russell we like to believe that victims and abusers can be boiled down to archetypes who behave in predetermined ways but in my dark Vanessa I wanted to challenge that by creating in strain a character who is undeniably abusive while also vulnerable and in Vanessa a victim who says yes even as her life is torn apart I wanted to show how little can separate coercion from seduction and how memories, especially traumatic ones, can be malleable and change over time. In short, I wanted to challenge the idea that any of this is easy to understand. So the device that Kate Elizabeth Russell uses um, is that she goes back and forth in time Mm -hmm. so that you are with Vanessa in 2000 when she's a 15-year-old student and then it jumps forward in time to 2017 um, when she's a 32-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think, um, so in in her 15-year-old life, she's starting this new boarding school that she begged her um, parents to allow her to attend as a sophomore, which is year 10. Yeah. It took me a while to realize that this was not college as well. Yeah, because it felt like college because of the fact that she was living there. I didn't realize it was boarding school. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And she initially is a bit lonely. um, Yeah. And and then she um, starts to develop this relationship with her English teacher. Mm. And... I think the 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 clever way that um, the author wrote this, and also the challenge that it brought to us as readers, is, or at least for me anyway, being able to put yourself in the place mm. of that fifteen-year-old girl and the excitement of um, having the attention yeah. of a man who's so much older at a time when you're feeling a bit isolated, being taken away from. Yeah. Um, your home yeah and um, you know not having a lot of friends and then suddenly having this attention that's new um, that you've never had before yeah um, that seems exciting and um, even though it was confusing to her yes it was exciting but confusing and yeah she's still craved for that attention didn't she yeah and um, Kate Elizabeth Russell talked about how she kept diaries from um, when she was this age um, mm-hmm. and went back to them um, to write this book. And I think that that is probably why she was able to so effectively evoke what it was to be that 15 year old. Yeah. Girl. I could I could I could imagine myself yeah. having these reactions while at the same time being my adult self and also being yeah. able to see the manipulation yeah, I wrote. I felt the exact same thing, and I I wrote the, that I appreciate the way she wrote about the teenage experience. Mm. I could really empathize and um, empathize probably not the right word, but yeah, really um, understand the feelings of being other or different mm. when you're 15. Mm, yeah, um, and I was I really liked the way she was able to to define really clearly teenage Vanessa and then adult Vanessa. Right, I appreciated the um, way she wrote about those two versions of Vanessa. Yeah. And so, and you, because of that, you 
you you're you're with you're teenage Vanessa, yeah. and then yeah. you jump forward to adult Vanessa, and you see how her life mm. is, um, is marred yeah. by what's happened to her yeah. in the past. She's almost um, Vanessa as an adult is, um, you know, you can clearly see she's stunted in her personal development by this relationship or abuse, depending on. Um, whose perspective you're looking at it from. As a reader, it's so clearly abuse, but the way she, the way Vanessa um, speaks, it's a relationship. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was uncomfortable to have that um, viewpoint. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not only is it the... Is it the different w- w- the way you're looking at it from um, as different people, but also in different times? And I think that mm. is such a key element of um, the complexity and the nuance of this story. Is that mm. what looks like it could be a relationship in um, 2000? Yeah, um, is clearly abuse in 2017, mm. and not just because of the age that you are but the time that mm. we're we're in yeah and I mean I, f- I still felt like their relationship when she was an adult was abusive still and manipulative and he clearly still held that over almost like Stockholm syndrome you know um you know she parrots phrases and viewpoints to justify and explain what their relationship is yeah, absolutely. As it was adult. like he he programmed her yes. by feeding her certain lines. And also what I found was so manipulative and damaging to her later on was the way he would present to her like he was holding himself back. And yeah. so that leading, making her mm. be the one saying, and then saying to her, oh, these are your decisions. Yeah, so that putting the onus back onto her. That's for right. Her, for her actions when really... She was manipulated and groomed into acting that way. That's right. And yeah. as a as a 15-year-old, she wouldn't be able to see that. But mm. surely Strain um, knew exactly what he oh, was doing. Yeah. And what did you think about um, the... Because at one point, um, somebody sees um, Vanessa and Strain together, another student. And then she oh, reports yeah. through her um, parent that this um, relationship is going on. So then Strain is in trouble with the faculty. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is he has Vanessa say that she was the um, pursuer. Yeah, she made it up. Yeah. She had a crush. She yeah. had a crush on this older man and he yeah. he he threw her under the bus and oh, had her yeah. completely take the fall for him. And then mm. she had to leave the school. Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. And, you know, it, it comes to light that he preemptively um, put an email in saying, oh, this student has developed feelings for me before really much had even happened between them. Um, preemptively said, oh, this student, Vanessa, has got a, a crush on me and just wanting something in writing just to protect myself later, basically. And because of those sorts of manipulative grooming actions early on she took the fall and copped the 
blame for the entire thing. Right. So you can see how premeditated it, it, yeah. it was by yeah him doing that even mm. before their relationship had developed. So he was yeah. just covering himself. Yeah. yeah. Looking out for himself the whole way. Absolutely. Um, it was an uncomfortable read. And um, let's not um, gloss over the fact that there are certain um, scenes in this book that are extremely difficult to read and extremely um, hard to get through um, because they are quite graphic and very upsetting. Yeah, I think this is a really difficult point for... Um, I think it was Oprah I heard talk about this um, very difficult thing that in abusive situations, what abusers know is that abuse doesn't always feel bad. Mm. And yeah. a lot of it, um, you know, can feel very good. Everything from the attention that you get to the, f to the physical mm. um, pleasure that you get. And so how the, um, the victim or the survivor, mm. um, deals with that later on the amount of shame and guilt and that's right. um yeah that you have to deal with later on um is part of what makes this sort of abuse so insidious yeah absolutely vanessa so it's written in the first person and so you oh, i felt really inside of vanessa's head a lot and it's a dark sad place to be and I felt just <sighs> depressed is not the right word just sad mm. the whole book you just you could see the reader can see what she can't see herself and it's it's frustrating and sad yeah and not just 15 year old Vanessa but oh, 2017 yeah. Vanessa who is still ringing strain to see if he's okay with the um, accusations that come out mm. in that time period. Yeah. Um, and just clinging to this idea that they're, that they had this loving relationship. Yeah. She, it's almost, well, it is, uh, she treats this relationship as the great love story of her life. Really. This is a love story when really the reader and I could see that it's clearly a story of damage and abuse and um, it's frust I found her a frustrating character because I wanted her to see what this relationship was for what it was, not what she thought. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I think, it's, yeah, that's, that's – yeah. we were all – yeah, I can, certainly was. We can understand things about her that she can't understand about herself. And, I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it, of the book is to understand the um, difficulty of – categorizing how a, a victim or a survivor should act or behave or feel or what they should say um yeah mm. i thought um there was a podcast that i listened to i listened to this american life um fairly regularly and there was a podcast not that long it was probably i listened to it a few months ago um it was about um a canadian author um named jill I'm not sure how to pronounce her surname, Cement, I guess. Um, she wrote uh, an autobiography called Half a Life in which she describes, this is a quote, how using a friend's SAT score, she cheated her way into art school and seduced and eventually married her art teacher, a man 30 years her senior. So she wrote that book. Oh, I should have looked up when it was, but she wrote that when she was in her 40s. 
and that's how that was her narrative that mm-hmm. she seduced and and married him and they yeah. and they were married until he died but now he's dead and in now in the me too movement just mm-hmm. like Vanessa yeah she's looking back and thinking is yeah. that is that really what happened yeah, a different lens can be applied now that's right and that's why I'm I said earlier about it's not just um the the different um time period mm. in the Vanessa's life but also in our culture oh yeah and yeah. and um you know what's yeah. acceptable absolutely yeah and even you can see in some of her interactions with some of her friends when she was a teenager there's this sort of like oh wow that's kind of cool that you slept with your teacher yeah when you know it was a sexually abused child yeah um i guess this to me the story is about vanessa coming to terms with a change in her own personal narrative Mm -hmm. you know this relationship has defined her right through to adulthood and as an adult, her life is tainted in every aspect by this relationship. Um, and it is, you can see her struggle. You can see over the last, I don't know, third of the book maybe, her struggle to see it for what it is. And it's, you know, she's romanticised this her whole life. And, you know, to, to see herself as a um, child abuse victim of a predator, a serial predator, is um, hard for her to... And I don't think she quite even gets there, really. This yeah. is not a book that you get to the end and you think, oh, that's great. She's okay now. Like, she's not okay. No. <laughs> she's not okay still. She probably never will be okay. But you can see she's making headway, I guess, into being better. Yeah. It's not a happy ending. It's it's not a happy ending. Mm. And um, fair enough to think – how much easier it would be for her to just, I can see why she wouldn't want to ex- accept mm. a different reality because to think of this as her great love story yeah. would just be so much easier. Yeah. Um, you can see though in in some of the physical interactions earlier when she is a teenager, you know, you can s- see that she wasn't comfortable with a lot of things that were happening and she did feel funny or she didn't feel okay or she cried or whatever. Um, So it's almost like she ignored her instincts and talked herself into feeling this way about it all. As particularly girls um, often do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did you like Vanessa? I didn't dislike, I didn't dis, I don't know if I liked or disliked her. I definitely didn't dislike her, but mm. I just had such a well of sympathy mm. for the situation she was in then and now. Because yeah. like you say, she's not over mm. it or, yeah, not even done close. processing. Yeah. Yeah. I How about you? Um, you were too frustrated by her. I found her... Um, frustrating because as a reader we can see so clearly but therein lies the whole point of it is that this is how complex these um situations are um frustrating but i can empathize and i understand clearly why she was like that um and why she wouldn't want to see the truth yeah and 
just I, I know you said we weren't going to harp on the American dirt comparison, mm. but um, I think that's why I was saying that it, it seems very unfair that that American dirt, mm. um, you know, it was still Oprah's book club book, yeah. and this one got canned because not only because this is her story to tell, yeah, but I just think the nuanced and um, and detailed. Uh, layered way that she told this story just um, brought so much to it that whereas with American Dirt it it comes off like caricatures this is definitely not not it's it's exactly the opposite of that it 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 does make hard decisions about you know it's that not everybody is painted in the way a victim is supposed to behave like this and an abuser is supposed to behave like this this book asks so much of the reader and that's a good thing, I think. I think it's good to be required to do a bit of emotional work sometimes with a book. Um, and this certainly does that. I, it's one of those books where you, <laughs> you don't want to say you liked it because nobody's going to like this book. And I'm putting that in thingies. Air quotes. Air yep. quotes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a really important book. And I think it was well written and I was absorbed in it yeah I felt um attached to this book while I was reading it yeah yes this book caused Jane to say can we read something happy after this (laughs) yeah and I've gotten my way which we'll reveal later we'll talk about that later (laughs) um and just something about this book as well that I wanted to comment on it's not as serious as all the other stuff (laughs) is this something that only happens in movies that people can recite whole sections of books remember (laughs) titles authors can quote whole swathes of writing and the number the page number that they're on oh i didn't whole like i guess we didn't say that the whole way through the book there's um a lot of literature that's um weaved in and in and through the story and literature and books are used as a part of the manipulation. Yes, because Strain Vanessa. is, as we said, her English teacher. So he says to her, here, read Lolita. That's right. And so Vanessa sort of um, projects herself into this book in a way. Um, and, you know, and they're quoting things, you know, oh, like on page 36 when Proust said blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. Like, is that what people in real life do? I could totally do that. I don't believe you. <laughs> no, it's because I'm lying. I barely even remember the authors of things. Yeah. Like, no, you see I'm, that in movies all the time, don't you? They're taking a little bit of license there in order to people, aid your reading. Oh uh, she can't say, and then Strain picked up a book and looked up. Uh, <laughs> she spent five minutes staring at him Googling. while he found... <laughs> Googling, yes, oh, he found true. the page. No, you're right, you're right. <laughs> that wouldn't you're be right. a good read. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, but I see that a lot. And I think, right. is, that, is that accurate to life? I don't know anyone can <laughs> quote Shakespeare. And <laughs> tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow <laughs> creeps at this petty pace. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Camera's just showing up. That's my only Shakespeare quote I know, and probably my only book quote I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Let's. Paula's got a bit of literary news. Yes. Um, should we do literary news or should we do what 
I know you said you'd have read read you've read nothing else. I'll just <laughs> mention that I read Dear Girls and The Silent Patient, which oh, um, Jane has already talked about both of those, so I won't go into them too much, except to say that I completely agree with you about Dear Girls. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. Oh, good. And I was agreeing with you on The Silent Patient, oh. like, for three quarters of it, and then but I didn't like the ending. Didn't you? Did no. it surprise you, the ending? It yeah, it surprised me because it didn't make sense. <laughs> it just seemed like, what? How in the world? The timing of it just completely baffled me. Uh. Um, yeah, go back and listen to um, Jane's description of the silent patient because you did a really good job selling it. Now I'm ru- ruining it. <laughs> just ignore all of that. Great book. <laughs> um, but the other book I read was Educated by Tara Westover. So this was a book, nonfiction, that um, I saw on quite a few lists from 2019, although I think it was published a couple of years ago. But anyway, it's an autobiography of a woman who was raised in a family where the, fa- the father owns a scrapyard, a junkyard, and the mother is an herbalist. And they don't believe in public education or hospitals um, or like the government. So they, she grew up with, um, and her siblings grew up very isolated, not going to school. Um, and they had this endless struggle to survive these crazy um, accidents that they would have because their father was a, a bit, he, I think he was bipolar, um, and he would be really careless in this junkyard where they'd be using all this dangerous equipment and so they'd get like burned and maimed and and then they weren't allowed to go to the hospital the mother was just like rub some salve on it and (laughs) it's all gonna be better but then anyway at 17 she decides to go to university and um she managed manages to get accepted um to Brigham Young University even though she's had no formal education previously And so the book is about how she struggles to adjust to her new life and talking about seeing things through different lenses, like imagine being, you know, that that's your only normal and then going to university and hearing all these other things about the world. And at one point she totally embarrasses herself in a history class when she asks, what's the Holocaust? Like that's... And people think that she's just like a Holocaust denier. She (laughs) literally doesn't know what the Holocaust is. So this is sort of in the vein of North of Normal, which I've talked about Mm -hmm. um, in the past, and The Glass Castle. Um, They're all very different stories because they've got um, just very wildly in in the family dynamics, but they have that similarity of being isolated and then um, finding your way in the sort of real world. world. (laughs) Yeah, so that was a really good one. Cool. I can't believe you got three other books read this month. (laughs) I'm really impressed. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) To up my game a little bit. (laughs) Um, Shall I – oh, no, do you want to do your literary news and then I'll I'll talk about what's coming out? Sure. Did you hear about the whole hubbub before the the news was just all coronavirus, 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 um, about Woody Allen's memoir? Uh, I did hear a little bit about that, but I can't remember. That was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't that it? That was, oh, I think it was, a, no, it was probably more like a month or mm. so now. But anyway, he Woody Allen was set to have um, his memoir, which was called Apropos of Nothing, mm-hmm. um, published by Hachette. And it so happened that um, Hachette had previously published his Woody Allen's estranged son, Ronan Farrow's book called Catch and Kill. Oh. And... Um, yeah, and so 
of course Ronan Farrow was mm, um, kicked off the stage. Yeah, and yeah. and actually a bunch of the Hachette authors walked out in protest, wow. which is why they canned this book. Um, but then of course that caused a lot of controversy in itself, um, and particularly Stephen King weighed in Stephen to say King. again, right? <laughs> Stephen King's <laughs> stamp of approval is on American He's, Dirt, it's on and this. it's on it's on My Dark Vanessa, and now, he, right now. What? is he like writing any books, or is he just reading stuff and saying Commenting I agree or I do not agree? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, he he um, came out and said the Hachette decision to drop the Woody Allen book makes me very uneasy. It's not him. I don't give a damn about Mr. Allen. It's who gets mm. muzzled next that worries me. Yeah. Um, but as a white male author in this, um, in Climate. the publishing, yeah, mm-hmm. he was, um, he had a lot of detractors. So yeah. I thought that it's was interesting, interesting that um, in the creative industries with the Me Too movement and people wanting to hear from different voices and increasing diversity and all of that sort of stuff, um, it's finally made its way around to publishing right you know it's gone through the the movie and music industry a little bit I mean I don't think that much has changed really when it comes down to it but now I think the publishing industry is getting a little bit of heat for some of the decision making and their gatekeeping so interesting yeah and I think it's it's good we're having these conversations and these points need to be brought up and as you say it's not changed yet but hopefully it'll be the start of some changes and yes we need to hear from from a variety of voices, and we need representation in yeah. in movies and in our books. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this month, what's coming out? Now, this one I'm excited about because I really loved her last book. Um, it's Kirsty Manning's new book, The Lost Jewels, and I'm really sad about this one because we were supposed to have Kirsty next month or this month oh. um, as an, a visiting author and I was so looking forward to having her because she's so lovely. We had her last year or in 2018 um, for her book, The Jade Lily, and she was just so lovely to listen to. She's really interesting. She's been in the industry for a really long time and is a really great um, author to listen to if you're a writer. She's got lots of really interesting um, methods of researching and all of that sort of stuff. She's fantastic. So this is her third book, The Lost Jewels. So it's another historical novel um, based on another true story uh, set in the summer of 1912 um, when a workman's pickaxe strikes through the basement floor of an old house in Cheapside, London and uncovers um, an unimaginable treasure of jewels um, and then in all of her books it flicks between the past and the present. And then back in the present day when a respected jewellery historian receives a, school, a call about the Cheapside jewels, she knows she's on um, the mission of a lifetime. So I, Paula's face is just looking... <laughs> <laughs> she's not... My we know this about her. Not she doesn't love historical fiction. <laughs> I do though. So I'm excited and... Kirsty puts a lot of research into her books. She's a little bit like um, Fiona McIntosh in the level of detail and research which adds to the authenticity of the experience when you read it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's – I mean, 
and a long list of disappointing things that have had to be canceled. I mean, I we're know. all just getting used to it, aren't we? We just accept. I know. I this was is really our new normal. sad about that one. Yeah. Um, I've never read any of Linda LaPlante's books, but she's got another book out called Buried. Have you read I have her not. Books? She's read. Uh, she's written over thirty-seven novels now. Like just yeah, I see. We we see epic. her books. She's very everywhere all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she's got another book coming out called Buried. Now this one sounds. This is nonfiction. I don't usually choose nonfiction for the coming out this month books. Um. This is called Glide, taking the panic out of modern living. Now you might not know who this is, but Lisa Forrest. She was an Olympian. Oh, in the 90s maybe. She was all around the place. She's a TV, radio broadcaster, author, actor, wife, mother. She does all sorts of stuff. Um, so Glide is the story of what happened when serial achiever Lisa Forrest took time out to answer a question that had been bugging her for years. Why, no matter what she achieved, was she never enough for herself? Um, and it says Glide offers remarkably honest and calm insights into navigating the perils of modern living from a woman who's experienced it all. So it goes on to say that she's um, done lots of research, lots of scientific evidence in this book. Um, I thought that just sounded a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, we're all appropriate for the time. Yeah, we're, we're all in. panicking a bit. Yeah. Yes, yep. we are. <laughs> yeah, maybe not even a bit, maybe a lot. Maybe a lot, yep. that's right. Um, Joanna Trollope's got a new book out as well. I've not read any of her books either. Neither have I. <laughs> oh, gosh. How have they let us do this podcast? <laughs> We're going to have to start faking it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've read all of them. Anyway, <laughs> lots of people love her books. Yep. Um, she's got another book coming out called Mum and Dad. Um, and that sounds similar to what, um, you know, modern family trademark type thing that she does, warmth, wit, all of those nice comfortable words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alicia Keys has got a book coming out. Oh, wow. Called More Myself. And it came with a very small, like, half-sentence description, an intimate revealing look at one artist's journey from self-censorship to full expression. I think that might be a great book. I don't know if you know, but Alicia Keys, maybe, I don't know, 18 months ago, stopped wearing makeup completely. Ah. So awards shows, when she's performing, she has no makeup on ever. Amazing. Yeah. And it was a, it was a bit of a statement, really. She's just like, nah, stuff that, no more. This is me. And cool. off she went with her life. So is this memoir about that in particular or is it is it is it a memoir? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It doesn't – that's literally right. all I could find. Um, I imagine that's part of it. Right. Because I, I think the the no makeup choice is probably a part of a broader choice to just be happy with being herself. Natural and – Yeah. Yeah, accepting – talking about accepting yourself. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds like interesting. Um, Candace Fox has got a book coming out this month called Gathering Dark. Um, she's uh, – an Australian crime writer and lots of people really love her books. She's quite popular. This one's set in Los Angeles and um, we were going to try and have a look at that as a potential book but it wasn't out when we were looking. That's right. Um, and the last one is called um, Sharks in the Time of Saviours and it's by Kawai Strong Washburn. Now, and this is coming from the publisher 
a global publishing event, they're calling this, um, a compelling reflection on place and culture, home and belonging, and on family and expectation as the forces that forge the individual. So I don't know if anything else can be called a global event anymore. No. <laughs> Isn't everything? <laughs> I mean, we've got a global event. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is, and it's um, not a book. So I've been seeing this one around for the last ages, maybe even a year. I've seen this being sort of talked about a little bit. Um, it comes up in, um, you know, what to watch out for in 2020 lists. Um, so this might be something to keep your eye out on because I think this one, that one's going to get a little bit of um, attention. That's Sharks in the Time of Saviours. Cool. And that's it. So that well, we thought we'd do a few what's coming out just so you can, I don't know, grab something online while you're um, stuck at home. Yeah. The other one I will mention is um, we've there's something called the Big Library Read um, mm. and that's something that Overdrive does. So, again, not – just limited to Australia. This yeah. is um, everywhere where you have overdrive. Which is Libby. Which is Libby, yeah. yep. So, um, and what that is, is kind of like a global online book club. And um, what they do is they make one book available unlimited. So no holds, no waiting. You can go online right now and grab it. Um, and they do this every few, I don't know if it's every quarter. It doesn't seem to be that... Um, Scheduled. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, Anyway, the one that's out right now is called Funny You Don't Look Autistic by Michael McCreary. Um, so if you are in a book club and um, maybe you're, you're you on know, hiatus at the moment. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to be on hiatus because you can all grab this book and then plan a Zoom meeting and have your <laughs> book discussion <laughs> like that with your glass of wine. Sounds perfect. Everybody can see into everyone else's houses. I know. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had to... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> sounds like a good story. <laughs> I had to have a um, Zoom meeting the other day and I was like, checked my background oh, beforehand yes. and I had to, because it was on my bed because <laughs> <laughs> I needed the thing to be up high and I needed to shut the kids out so I could have a professional level meeting. <laughs> and yeah. Yes, be my careful. My bedroom's never been as tidy as it was during that. <laughs> Check during your backgrounds, meeting. people. Yeah. <laughs> We're all getting to know each other yep, really well. Really well. <laughs> or you can blur your background. Yes, you can. So, yeah, be aware of that function. <laughs> <laughs> now, we thought that we would announce the next two months books just to give people a bit of a head start on May and June. Yeah. Um, just so that uh, give people time to read. You might be looking for lots of things to read at the moment, so you could read both of these. And um, Jane and I made sure that both of these books are available on Libby. Yes. So, so you, you get this e either e-audio and e-book, or it's just e-audio or just e-book, but it's definitely on there somewhere. It's definitely on Libby, so you yep. don't have to worry about trying to get your hands on a physical copy. That's right. Yep. Um, so for May, Jane got her wish of a nice, <laughs> light... Easy read, <laughs> and um, I'll let you read the the, oh, uh, okay. the blurb for it, and I then I'll read the blurb for I the other one. Practice the blurb. Oh, that's so. it, right? I'm sure you'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> this is called Maggie's Going Nowhere by Rose Hartley, and I'll mention that Rose is an Adelaide author. Yay. She is based in Adelaide, and we always love to support our Local. fellow Adelaideans. Yes. Maggie Cotton's life is a hot mess. In one day, she's dumped by her boyfriend, disinherited by her mum and kicked out of the three-year degree she stretched to a decade. 
and that was before she received the letter saying she owed the government $70,000. But that's no reason to grow up, is it? With a decrepit 1960s caravan to call home, Maggie has to prove to her mother that she can survive without a safety net, stop her, stop her loyal best friend Jen from marrying a scumbag, and convince her sexy workmate Reuben that she's not a walking disaster. For someone who spent her life avoiding hard work, she sure can move mountains when she's got a little motivation. Just don't ask her to move the caravan. Yeah, so we thought if you're looking for a bit of escape yes. right now from the real world. Something maybe funny and a just nice. Yep. And the cover's so adorable. It is. It's got a little vintage caravan on the front. And, and it's a lovely green colour. Yes. Yes. So we're looking forward to that. And in stark contrast to that, <laughs> we bring you our June book, <laughs> which is Year of Wonders by Geraldine Brooks. Um, now, this is not a new book. I'm sure lots of you will know. Jane's already read this, mm -hmm. and it's one of her favorite yeah. books. Because as Jane has said, she Repeatedly. loves novels <laughs> about the plague. And now look where we are. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we shouldn't be making light. We're just, yeah, sometimes you have to have a yeah. laugh and think, yeah. Um, and you may, maybe, you may also be surprised that I agreed to this book, even though it's set in 1666, but under the current circumstances, I thought She's very I can relate. Yeah. My main open-minded. Yeah, well, my main um, problem with books set so far in history is that I'm afraid I can't relate to them. But somehow I think I'll be able to relate to this one. So I'll read the blurb from the back for those of you who don't know. Spring 1666. When the Great Plague reaches the quiet Derbyshire village of Eam, the villagers make an extraordinary decision. They elect to isolate themselves in a fateful quarantine. So begins the Year of Wonders. Seen through 18-year-old Anna Frith's eyes as she confronts the loss of her family, the disintegration of her community, and the lure of a dangerous and illicit love. Based on a true story, this novel explores love and learning, fear and fanaticism, and the struggles of 17th century science and religion to interpret the world at the cusp of the modern era. So I think we can all <laughs> relate to that. <laughs> Again, don't forget to follow us on Facebook um, if you're looking for ideas to keep yourselves busy or the kids busy. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good source of um, information. And also subscribe. Yes, let us know what you think of the book. Join us on the Literary Anything um, Facebook group. Um, yeah, we know you've got time to be online these days. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next month with Maggie's Going Nowhere. Thanks, Jane. Bye. Bye. over there at the little levels and I can see my breathing making it <laughs> move. But then you don't notice your breathing when you listen to it, right? I don't think so. Like if you're in the car listening to it, you don't see? No. So don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Jane blowing her nose on the <laughs> microphone. And I don't have germs. That's why we have our microphones mm. labelled. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in these times. These times, yep. <laughs> <laughs>